welcome guys to the first episode of the podcast i am very excited about this project um, the sage dosage and uh, like the trailer says we will talk about everything from law to finance investment banking volunteering and personal development so today we will be talking about personal development and first of i will share a little bit of my story i would i want to i may introduce myself beyond the persona um, that i put up on social media i mean who really is uluwashiom joshua inshallah and and one of the things i say to my friends and you know everyone that i am close to is that we have to learn how to own our story um i mean we all have role models and mentors the trap of you know having a role model sometimes is that we want to copy them you know hook line and sinker and in the process we may lose ourselves or our originality so sometimes um, the, the, there's a danger in you know following somebody almost too closely so badly that some mentees you know want to trust like their mentor um, they want to speak like their mentor they want to you know um uh, take the courses their mentors took in school you know go to the same restaurants you know follow almost the same routine and it's just bad copy and paste in my opinion um the one thing that i have noticed is no one can be exactly like somebody else i mean uh first of all like you do not even answer to the same surname so if being a body for instance is my romoto um i can never be like him for the simple reason that i am oluwashio ayanshala and is being a body secondly by the sheer circumstance of my birth we already have uniquely different stories i mean it could be you know the young um, brilliant man from a middle class family in a kitty state you know who went on to Obafemi Law University and then to University of Pennsylvania and worked at White and Case now that's his story uh, my story is a little different from that and that makes me unique in myself and i have to be confident in that story knowing that my story is unique and people will pay good money to read your story and when you um start to think about your life and how you're leading your life as a story um and as a book that you're writing with every day that you're on earth um then you start to act differently you take different decisions who do you read who do you follow um so let me just share a little bit about myself um my names are Oluwashion um Joshua Oluwadamilare 
Adisa, um, and I can't think of any other name I was given, but I mean, those were my given names. And of course, my last name, Ayanshallah. I am the son of an unlettered father. So my dad did not have the privilege of formal education. Uh, I mean, I think that in itself is very powerful. Uh, my mom, you know, went up to um, from six, uh, I believe, I guess that's um, senior secondary school and didn't exactly um, have a very liberal father who um, was very convinced about sponsoring a young girl up to university levels, um, which I believe um, must have been maybe the greatest error of his life because um, my mom's siblings, you know, would share how she was the most brilliant, you know, of them all and, well, um, that's a story for another day. So you see that um, if I were to tell my story, it would be uniquely different from anybody else's. And um, another interesting thing is, I mean, it's always shocking and surprising when I tell people that I honestly do not know what number I am of my father's children. So I'm also from a polygamous home. And and to be candid, I also do not know the number of wives that my father actually had or has. Um, you know, only that at the time I was born, it was just my father and my mom, um, the position of which I honestly also can't remember. Um, and then when they divorced when I was five, you know, I was forced at the age of five to become my own man. And then he remarried. Um, she also remarried. And I just became very mature at that very young age. And, you know, I'll tell myself, um, you know, that you will that people would expect you, you know, to to fail. Um, I mean, and I don't know how I became so mature at that age. I, you wouldn't have like the slightest clue of these things unless I told you, you know, and I didn't want to be, you know, the object of people's sympathy. I basically, you know, owned it and always found like, you know, some little glitter, you know, in every, in every tragedy. So, um, I told myself that, oh, it was cool that, you know, my parents were separated because what it meant was that, oh, I could get money from two different sources. You know, I usually went up to my mom's on the weekend and stayed with my dad, you know, during the weekdays for most of um, primary school and also interestingly when my mom and dad were together you know my mom insisted that I be enrolled in a, in a private school 
So when they got divorced, my dad didn't see the need because everybody else before me went to a public school. So I was withdrawn from a private school and then I was dumped in a public school. So, I mean, so many interesting things about the circumstance of my of my birth, right? And um, so, but all of these things shaped the man that I am today, and that's that's the power of owning your own story. And then I I know that telling my story and knowing that um, it's almost unbelievable, really, um, that oh my god, like you know, you had to go through all these and um never for once you know did i um or have to blackmail you know people with uh oh my story and say oh like why are you not doing so well in class well um it's because my parents don't send me money you know and i have to work and i mean the truth is I always found, you know, the most intelligent way to, um, you know, um, make ends meet. And that would include during the summer holidays, I would usually, I would usually um, work at this tutorial center, which I had attended for jam. And I always made so much money that I could conveniently pay my fees and you know live very large during the semester i mean i can't take all the glory i mean i can see the divine hand of god in all of this because he just always found a way to provide and almost too abundantly that you couldn't have like a clue you know that um for over four or five years i was in ff4 you know, that I was fending for myself for most of it. Um, then the other interesting thing is that I am not only the first graduate of my extended family, you know, I went on and graduated, you know, top of my class. So um, of my immediate family, that is of the nuclear family, um the first graduate you know and then you of the extended family okay maybe two or three people had gone to a polytechnic and you know it was achievement enough that i even went to a university and graduated right but i mean that couldn't be limiting i mean like it was my destiny to carve and i was going to you know make a splash on my canvas and and to me i believe this is only just the beginning right so and for every road bump you know for every success or failure along the way it makes for even a more interesting story so if my life was a book i know i would pick good money you know to buy it and and that's and that's why you know you should always think about how unique your story is and why you need to give the story a happy ending and that's why you have to work so hard to turn it around because if you documented you know your life from and and i'm sure 
a lot of you have even more uniquely different interesting stories that the world you know would would benefit from and it would inspire so many people that's what i hope to do with with this this podcast and um guys you would have and then when you when you start to think of success um not as winning competitions you know and falling for that trap of comparing yourself to others then you would and and rather you start to see success as making contributions you know you wake up every morning and and you think you know how else can i make an impact in the world you know um so my my life's goal really is always to be happy and i will do whatever makes me happy you know um if being very ambitious is what makes you happy by all means go for it you know if you're working the job that doesn't make you happy make sure you find time to do something that makes you extremely happy everything that i do you know fits into you know that big picture dream or goal you know of mine so you 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 have to have what exactly is it that you're aspiring to so if you create a big picture goal so say for instance my big picture goal is to be the secretary general of the you know united nations someday right and then so until you know i i die you know not coming close or even achieving higher than that then i am not exactly you know a failure uh, it's, so it's, failure is not a final act you know that once you fail at something then you would permanently become a failure you know you would try and fail you know but you don't um become a failure until you die not having achieved anything so you would keep at it you know and you would basically get a lot of no's and my opinion a no is nothing but a delayed yes so you worked so hard for that grade you know and then you came short of it so there were very almost extremely even more brilliant people that i went to university with you know who if anyone was deserving they were equally deserving of a first class you know but didn't quite snatch it right and then those same people went on to the law school and then they turned it around into a first class right and then you know my story you would imagine oh my god you know i graduated top of my class you know and at the law school i made a two one and then um of course like the it would have been a it would have been personally even more painful if there wasn't at least one stamp you know one acknowledgement of oh you know that yeah we recognize the hard work um and then so that consolation prize of winning you know like the prize for professional ethics yeah it was consolation enough until i then requested oh so what's my breakdown and i discovered oh that i had five four distinctions out of five courses so it was all that i needed it was the acknowledgement of the hard work that oh you worked worked very hard for this 
and then you missed it and once you realize that the 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 only the only real pain we should all feel is when we fail and then knowing within ourselves you know rather than like you know that fake persona that you put out that you honestly deserve to fail you know once you um i mean upon that realization then you know that omar i don't fuck up but if you if for every day you know you put in the hard work but you don't see the results immediately right i mean the consolation would always be that um the hard work would pay off um you know the day when the opportunity comes you know for for all those times when you read the dictionary and i always say to people that nothing is ever effortless so think about how you know this you seem so confident and you always speak so effortlessly but nothing is ever effortless um i mean anything that even seems effortless now um took me years you know to build so i i remember growing up and uh, when my when my um my parents got divorced and my mom remarried you know um uh my stepdad you know um did have a library right of books um which is um we you know with children encyclopedia and what not and that was you know that's actually what changed my life and turned my life around really um my mom denied me the simple pleasures of childhood i could not you know in my wildest dreams turn on the television and watch like other kids i mean i see i haven't seen a reporter you know i haven't seen a lot of you know like cool things that other people watch while growing up i was condemned to a life of scholarship i was always reading the junior and like and, and summarizing to her and i almost now that i think about it i don't even know if she really knew i read those things or not because i mean but yeah but i didn't know that at the time so i always studied it you know so much passion and and at some point it became cool you know because whenever i made a new discovery you know i was very skinny but then for every book that i read it made me feel very fat on the inside so i would just go to school and i would tell people yeah and that's exactly how i say it, that you know why you know one should be like a polymath issue because the more books you read the fatter you feel on the inside you know you might be skinny on the outside but you you're carrying a lot of content so yeah it was fun secondary school was fun because i was um such an asshole yeah for pardon my french i uh, i was a guy that I was like oh my god so uh, i was here about the bacchus like what's bacchus oh it's some um greek concept that allows you to like this is not gonna come off for exam i mean i'm like well but it's cool it's cool to know these things so i was a guy who was always i was of course always finding and because i read those really you know uh, seemingly um useless things right 
it had opened my mind to consume even greater volumes in the shortest period. So I still always aced the test, you know, but I was always just talking about the esoteric. Then we were like, guy, this guy, come up for here. And, but fast forward into the future, I, I mean, into 100 level, I remember taking part in some quiz. And what I read during those days in secondary school, you know, just came in very handy and then you just suddenly seem very smart you know but at the time it wasn't rewarding i just asked myself i mean why am i doing all these things you know other children were watching you know cartoons and, and whatnot so whatever it is that you are you know that the world always remembers those long hours of seemingly unrewarded toils um you would that's that's true for athletes um, Usain Bolt, um, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. So, if I were to compare myself, you know, like whose life, you know, I mirror, it would be I would be a Cristiano and not a Messi, right? And that's because for everything I have achieved, I have worked very, very hard for. You know, while I give off the impression that oh it comes to me effortlessly i have worked extremely extremely hard for i've read books for for every presentation that i made i wrote out every word on a paper right and then i became so comfortable with it that i could recite it in my sleep and that was how i you know built that ability to speak to a crowd you know it was first getting comfortable and it was so bad that i almost couldn't Think I I couldn't think in poetry, I I could only even till now on some really large subject I can only think in prose and what does it mean? It means that I can I am not all that spontaneous that I would just you know start to write a you know seven eight page long you know speech without putting it in writing. So, and if that is what works for you. That exactly what you should own. You should, you know, then own that skill. You would have done it so many times and then it starts to feel as though it is effortless. But the truth is, it is not. Nothing, 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 nothing is ever effortless. So, guys, it then brings us to, so what, what exactly, you know, am I talking about? What I am really saying is that I'm asking you a question, your opinion. What do you think is the color of growth? Look at my story, my unique story, you know, how far I've come, you know, and some of which I would share on other episodes, you know, that what is the color of growth? Is it white? Is it gray? Is it black? Is it yellow? Is it green? I mean, what, what's, what, in your opinion, is the color of growth? I mean, if color of growth to A is, is white, it doesn't mean by your standard, then your color of growth will be white. I mean, think about how many times you had to write down before you finally gain admission. So if growth to you is writing jam once and passing then, I mean, you already missed it. So the color of growth, um, it can't be somebody else's color of growth. 
you cannot measure and the fact that somebody else is is succeeding or somebody else's success is not necessarily your failure right if your goal is to just become a better speaker right and that you can speak to at least an audience of 10 because you would pin your pants if you were to even speak to an audience of two people and now you can conveniently speak to 10 15 people and then you turn on the tv and you see your your classmate speaking to um, um an audience of 1000 and then you feel like a failure but that's unfair all his life he's probably been speaking to an audience of 100 and so for him speaking to an audience of 1000 is growth so if the color of growth is white for him your color of growth can be pink can be green so you know that while you keep at it now you can speak to an audience of 10 all you need to do is work twice as hard or three times as hard as the guy on tv so if he now is relaxed and most times he will be oh because now he can speak to any you know audience of one million what's not all you need to do is then work twice as hard as that guy on tv so if he puts in five minutes into his reading time now you have to put 50. if he puts in 10 you have to put in 100 hours of reading time so that you can then close the gap between you know like you speaking to an hundred audience of 10 but at before you do you cannot judge yourself by that, by those standards. You have to judge yourself by your standard of growth. You know, knowing and remembering and owning your story and knowing where exactly you're coming from. So, I mean, and some people make the error. You, you're, you're barely out of university and law school and you're comparing yourself to your mentor. Or somebody who's gone on to Cambridge and Harvard and, and then you're thinking, oh my God, I'm a failure, you know by the sheer reason that oh you think that i mean it's just it's barely older than me it's just two years older than me but the truth is oh but he has a degree from harvard you don't you know um is worked with the biggest employers in the world but you haven't you know so you have to then first calm down you know let's be coming down let's calm down and realize okay where am i at the moment what do I need to do to get myself to the next level? So this is how old I am. I am 26 and I am just doing my NYC and I feel like I am toast. But really are you. So you're going to be 30 and I mean so much pressure and understandably so. And then that means you have four years to achieve what somebody else, what took somebody else 10 years to achieve at the age of 30. I mean, the odds are already stacked up against you. But what you can do in four years, right, is to work twice as hard as that person who did it for 10 years. Fair enough. I mean, if you come short at the age of 30, but you will realize that, I mean, without working twice as I could never come close to where I am now at age 30 and that's growth for you and that's what you should celebrate and not to you know compare yourself to oh but at the age of 30 he already had a duplicate but he had 10 years to work for that duplicate you had four isn't it unfair you know that you would come close 
I mean, of course, by sheer grace of God Almighty, which I believe in, you can definitely come close and surpass it. But you also have to make room, you know, for, for, for reality. And that is how, you know, we keep our sanity and that is how we stay sane. So, gentlemen, the real color of growth is a rainbow. The color of growth is a rainbow and we all have many colors of it. So it can be yellow for me and white for you and purple for, for grace and pink for faith, you know, and brown for great. So it can, the color of growth is really and truly a rainbow. I hope you learned something on this episode and I can't wait to speak to you. Um, on the next episode. Thank you for listening.